All right, mama, you started your business because you're great at what you do and you want to do it on your terms. Hello, freedom and flexibility. But you're a couple of years in, handcuffed to your biz, more overwhelmed than ever. You feel like you're not doing anything well at work or with your fam. If that's you, stay tuned. I'm Ridhu Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, former professional organizer turned productivity pro, here to help women like you with growing businesses stop drowning and start controlling all your demands and distractions. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Hello, friends. Man, I have got like the best guest for you today. We have so much synergy. We have so much in common. We love helping business owners do things more efficiently and get more stuff off their plate and enjoy their businesses and lives more. I'm going to welcome Anne Hill from Hilltop Virtual Solutions. Anne has been there and done that. She's created her own agency. She helps other business owners create agencies that allow them to thrive in their zone of genius. Sign me up. Uh, business owners who work with Anne are able to provide the highest level of service to their clients, creating a trickle-down effect. I love this. Happy and healthy CEO equals a happy team equals happy customers. Welcome, Anne. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We were just chatting before we got started and saying how much we have in common. We have some overlap and then we're all very distinct in our expertise as well. So um, I know we could we could be chatting forever. Oh yeah, and, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because we are, we are both all things systems and processes and delegation and making your life easier. But, you know, we come from a little bit different perspectives. And like I said, have different expertise. I feel like you're way more of an expert in automating and the actual, like getting into the technology of the systemizing uh, more than I am, but it's stuff I love and I know how to do, but it's like, you really need to get to nitty gritty. Like you're, you're the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us how did, so did you get into this because you're always super systemized or were you more like me who wasn't and had to learn it? And that's why you were like, this is what I need to teach everyone. <laughs> Yeah, well, some of it was definitely through learning. Um, my before I start, I've had my business for about four years now. And prior to starting my business, I was a rehab manager at a skilled nursing facility. My background is physical therapy. Uh, so I've realized that my brain, um, and I would imagine probably a lot of therapist brains, um, we we like to, you know, really have a goal, set, set targets to a goal and then like backtrack and figure out how to reverse engineer on meeting that goal. Um, you know, that's unfortunately what we have to do for insurance purposes, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. And so I realize now after being in my business for a few years that, um, that there's a lot that I took from just who I am naturally and what I like to do. Um, and then as you mentioned, learned behind the scenes because I had to do it in my own business, learned a lot about how to make things happen and how to help be more efficient and effective in the work that I do um, and the work that my team does. Awesome. I love it. And you are, um, you're also at it. And I'm so excited because I often, when I have guests on, I'm like, here, I want to ask you questions that I really need help with. So it's a little <laughs> bit of selfish motivation, but also, of course, on behalf of who's listening. And so I'll tell you something that I hear from my clients, not me, I hear from my clients all the time. And I, I think you have exactly the experience we need on this. So 
we'll be working together and, you know, they're really overwhelmed. They're overloaded. They're super smart, but they have so much on their plate. And we're, we're focusing on, you know, getting everything out of your head and really prioritizing it and scheduling. And then at some point I'm like, you know, you need, there's only that many hours in the day. You need more help. Like you have got to delegate this. You got to get more off your plate. You cannot sit in that CEO role if you're, you know, so far in the weeds and the minutia all the time. So then the natural next question is, it's kind of a twofold. It's like, A, who do I hire? How do I know how to hire? Because I've either tried it before and it's terrible. I just feel like I have, I don't have good luck or maybe I feel like I can't hire the right person because they're just, they, they never like meet my expectations. And then secondly, and we'll follow up with this, we'll make these two different questions. Like, and how do I delegate to them? Like, what are the systems and things like that? So I'd love to start with hiring. <laughs> it's a yeah. big topic. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, yeah, when you, so you put yourself in the shoes of that business owner, we've all been there. We're doing a million things, the marketing, the finance and the back end, the HR and the admin, everything. Yeah. And you're like, who do I even hire? And then how do I know this is the right person? Yeah. So one of the big things, which I'm sure is part of what you're pulling out from the the clients that you work with is really figuring out what all of the things are that are being done. Um, you know, as business owners, we, we could probably go like 90 miles an hour and feel like we have accomplished a lot. And sometimes we do, sometimes we don't actually accomplish as much as we think we did, um, or at least not of the right things that we're accomplishing. And um, one of the big things to, that I always start off with is really like, not only documenting your processes and documenting what it is that you do in your business, but like documenting how you're spending your time, like do an actual time study and see even over, if you can manage it over a three to five day time frame of what exactly are you doing and where are you spending your time? Um, and then from there, the things that are business related that you are spending your time on and that you're wanting to delegate to somebody, you, you have to know who you're looking for. So you have to know what skills they need to have in order to know who you're looking for. Um, if I am hiring somebody to create a website, then my hope is that, you know, some of the list of things of, that I have on my list that I've been working on are maybe website related that I'm thinking, oh, okay, I can get that off of my plate. I can hire somebody to do that. But if I don't know that their website work is where I'm spending my time, then it's hard for me to know that's who I'm looking for. So you really need to capitalize on what are the skills that you need somebody to have and what are the things that you're trying to delegate to them, first of all, um, to know who to hire. Um, it's a lot of people will start off with an assistant, kind of whether it's a general VA or a tech VA or something like that, a virtual assistant. Um, and those are super helpful. Um, but not every business is that's not the right move for every business. Every business is different. So that's where you really want to first start with see how you're spending your time and see what the skills are that you need somebody to have. And then you can start to figure out through a job description and knowing what it is that you're looking for, um, you know, get all of your criteria put together um, when you're first starting to hire. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of starting with a time log because that's, it's so important. We think, I always think we think, you know, what you were spending your time until you actually write it out and think about right. it. It's kind of like what you're eating, like right yeah, now. I'm yeah, like, exactly. You know, with, with I'm like actually writing out every single thing that I'm eating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe the stuff I'm putting in my mouth. I don't even realize <laughs> it, you know, and it's similar to that. Okay. But here's a the question then. So let's say, okay, you do that. And you're like, I really want a, what you said, website designer, or I really need um, an illegal assistant or whatever it might be. 
what do you think is more important in terms of experience or fit in terms of culture? So I have this problem. I have this question come up a lot. It was, you know, I, I've, I've tried to hire someone because they fit all the boxes of what I need, but we didn't really, it just wasn't a good cultural fit or the opposite. It was like, oh, I hired someone I get along with really well. And I figure I can kind of teach them what needs to be done. And then that was a big fail. Do you have any advice or experience with that? Yeah, you need both. So, <laughs> so 100% prior, when you're putting together that job description, you should have your, you should have some information in there for somebody. You should have your values, your business values. You should have, you know, mapped out of what, you know, really what the business is all about, what you're striving for, a little bit of that vision that you have of your business. Um, so that somebody has the buy-in to what your business is about and what it stands for. Those things are definitely critical in making sure that someone applying for it is going to feel like they're aligned with it. If they're not aligned with it, then, then they shouldn't be applying for that role. Um, but then also you do want them, there's going to be kind of typically a, a few steps uh, potentially on a rubric where, you know, these are the non-negotiables that somebody has to have these foundational skill sets in order to be able to come in versus the, like, I would love it if they had this skill, but they don't necessarily have to, have it. Um, a lot of times project management tools can be one of those things where they're like, oh, we can train somebody on that, but you know, how to set up a Zoom or how to, there's certain things, again, depending on what the job is, where they're like, you need to know how to access a Gmail account. You need to know how to resp- uh, set up Calendly. Like these are examples of things that you might have just depending on what your, your skills are that you need someone to have. Um, you know, that they have to know these specific platforms or they have to have this skill set. Um, but there's always going to be in that, you know, that description, some, some must haves and some would love to have, but it's okay if you don't have. Um, and that'll help a little bit. But yeah, in all honesty, you need to have both. It needs to have that right fit. You need to have a little bit of the skill set and definitely the must haves, but a little bit. It's great if they even have some of the extra and 100% need to have a value match with that too. Yeah. No, I love the specificity in whether it's Calendly or Gmail or this or that. I think sometimes we think, oh, if they have technical skills, that's enough, you know, and it's not because then you spend so much time on the training on quote unquote basic stuff for your industry or your business Yeah, that it's really frustrating then for the business owner. So I often, I said, I say the same thing to my clients. I get as detailed as a possible. There's a million yeah. people out there you're a great person to work for, you know, you'll find them just have the patience, but get as detailed as possible. So, because I think where you fall into traps are sometimes some of the things that people are looking for are, I don't know if it's like a soft skill, maybe it's called soft skill. I don't know, but like, they're like, oh, be detail oriented, be proactive. Um, be, you know, and those are things like everyone thinks they might, like, if you're applying, you might think I checked that box, but then someone gets in there and they're not, you know, they're not, they're not, proactive. They are not always really detailed. Um, and so I almost try to stay away from some of that language because it's, or, or give an example of here's, you know, in this type of situation, you will, you will know that, you know, you'll, you're, you're the one doing all the research, digging in and giving me a summary. Like I would almost write it like that versus like be a detail oriented, you know, assistant, or I can't think of the right words right now, but you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And some of those things can also come through in an interview with someone when you're asking questions. That's where you're going to want to know some specific examples of the things that they've done. Yeah. Um, and, and you can get 
some of that feel and some of that vibe from those sort of things too, with questions that you ask and what you put together in an interview process. Um, I, I think another thing that's key to recognize and at least realize when you are, um, looking for a new team member is referrals are amazing. You know, ask for some, you know, ask your other fellow business owners of who they know that has certain sort of skill sets, but then make sure that you do vet them and that you do also interview them yourself. Um, just because they were a great match for, you know, business partner A or business other um, person A or business person C, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a great match for your business as well. Um, so you just want to keep that in mind that referrals are great, but do also do your due diligence with that too. Don't just automatically assume because they were great in your, your, you know, best buddies business that they're going to be great in yours too. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the type of questions too, of like, how would you, in, a, in, a, in an interview, you're saying, how would you handle this situation? And then give them like a real life thing that happens yeah. in your business. Like, yeah. What would be your next steps? What would be your first steps? Like, how would we know? What would you do? How would you respond to that? I think those are a really great indicator of, of that thinking that you can't come across like in an, in a resume or even in the job description, you know, right. just to really see like how they handle themselves on their feet. So I think that's And cool. depending on what it is, there's also the potential of doing a, you know, a trial project or something like that. Yeah. If oh, you do yeah. something like that, I personally do recommend doing it as a paid project. It, somebody's going to put more time and energy into it. If you think it's going to take time, like if it's only going to be a, you know, 10 minute thing, then, right. then you don't necessarily have to do that as a paid project. But if it's something where like for graphics, or if it's something where they have to do a little bit on the creativity side, um, I would recommend doing it as a, you know, a paid project for them, test it out and see, see what you think. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So then the next question is, all right, but how do I, I have to then spend so much time training them and getting them up to speed (laughs) and getting them in all the systems. And I don't even have a system. So now I can't even hire anybody. This is always a big roadblock. I can't hire anyone because I don't have a system. It's like the the chicken or the egg, right? Right. Um, right. And so what do you think? Like, should, should you have your systems in place before you get someone? Should that be holding people up? How do they create the systems when they're doing everything else in the business? What are your thoughts on that? So I think it's, it's, multi-layered in my answer on that. (laughs) Um, And it'll, I think it also depends on, is it your first hire or do you have other team members? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that plays a little bit of a role too, but in, in general, do you have to have all of your systems in place before you hire somebody? No, everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. No, you do not have to have all of your systems in place, but the caveat to that is you do have to have a general framework, a general understanding of what it is that you do and what you expect them to do. Um, this could be done through doing, you know, videos as you're doing it to give them a starting point. If you have nothing in place, but you just need to bring someone on, expect to spend some more time with them, expect to spend more, you know, meeting time, hour, hours on calls on conversations with them where you're kind of co-working together to train them up. It's not the end of the world if you have to do that, but just understand that if you have nothing in place, you're going to need to put a little bit more time in up front with them to truly allow them to take it and run with it and truly get it off of your plate. If you don't spend the time with them, then you can't expect them to know what to do without any guidance at all. (laughs) 
Yeah. Just plain and simple. <laughs> you <Yeah>. can't. <laughs> right. Right. People are not mind readers. We cannot blame everybody else that they don't understand what we want right. them to do, what our expectations are. <laughs> listen, ladies. But I love, but listen to that. You do not have to have your systems in place to hire someone. I totally agree. I think it's it's a it's a they can coexist, right? You can start, right. you can be hiring someone and they can be helping you with systems as you're putting systems in place. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think that really holds us back a lot of times or business owners I speak with that they're like, I'm just not. I need it. I know I need it, but I don't have no systems in place. I'm like, girl, you just got to move. Like it's got to, you know, trust me, you'll get the systems in place once you get somebody there, you know? Well, and the longer that you take to, if you think that you always have to have it in place first, you're never going to hire anybody. You're going to keep getting in your own way because you're just, if it hasn't been a priority thus far, it's not going to change now that you're busy. It's not all of a sudden going to change and become the priority to, to set up your system. So, you know, getting the additional help and finding the right fit of somebody that is willing to step in and help put some of the processes in place as they're building them out is the critical part of it too. Yes. Yes. And the other thing that I think people get frustrated by is that they have tried it, right? They've hired someone, maybe two people, maybe three people, and it hasn't worked out. And then they're like, oh, forget it. This never, the work was never, never works for me. I can <laughs> never hire anyone for this. It's just not worth my time. And I'm like, listen, it's like dating. Unless, I mean, maybe some of you met your husband or wife, but like the first time you ever had a crush on someone in sixth grade and that was the rest of your life. But for most of us, you have to do it over and over and over and over until you find the right fit. And so that's not yeah. a reason. It's not a reason to just say it's not going to work. Or it's not going to happen. Maybe, you know, you just haven't found the right person, which I think is what all we're talking about. It's partially vetting, partially yeah. systemizing, you know, and, and having realistic expectations yeah. of getting somebody up to speed. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, having an official training process in place. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure if you have a, a corporate background prior to, you know, having being a business owner, but, you know, the, the big major corporations, like they have training programs and onboarding programs for team members and they have those for a reason. Um, a lot of times, especially as business owners, you know, we think so client side, client facing, client everything with it. And, and yeah, you've probably got your onboarding processes and, and your offboarding processes for clients. But the question is, is for a team member, have you thought about putting an onboarding process together where there is, you know, a 30, 60, 90 day goal and metric of where you need them to be to truly know that they are successful? It helps you as the business owner, but it also helps the team member of like, am I actually doing what they expect me to do? Um, you know, have those goals mapped out and, and have it set up so that, that they can know that they're, they're contributing and they're being successful in what you've hired them to do too. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of the 30, 60, 90 because, and it can be so simple. It could be like for 30 days, we're training together. By 60 days, I expect you to do this, you know, sort of auto, you know, on your own. Yeah. And by 90 yeah. days, you're taking on some, you know, a bigger portion or a, new yeah. role, a bigger responsibility. So don't overthink this, ladies. It doesn't have to be a giant corporate type onboarding. It can be very simply how Ian just laid it out. 30, 60, 90. Here's a few like milestones or the expectations I have for you as to where you should be. And if you're not hitting them, then, you know, maybe it's not the right fit. But like, I love that. I think that just like giving everybody that ahead of time is really helpful. Yeah. And then also when with hiring too, it, it has to do with, um, you know, obviously we want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We don't want to like end. Right somebody sooner than they should be and not without given the opportunity to actually be successful. But, um, but if it's not the right fit, 
don't drag it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't need to have them in your business for a year and you continuously being frustrated because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. If you've had conversations with them, you've tried to train them up and it's still not happening. And you've got, you know, these goals and these mile markers and it's, you're still not, you know, it could be six months in and they still haven't hit that 90 day point. There's probably a need to look at it, reassess, have a conversation but don't be afraid to end it if opportunities have been given to train and opportunities have been given for them to be successful and it's not working. I think that's another thing, especially where you were mentioning sometimes business owners are like, oh, that's just such a great person. And you get so vested, invested in them as a person. And it's like, but you're still a business owner. Right. <laughs> you, you, you still need to do what's right for the business um, in that job sort of setup. So yeah. No, totally. Okay. So then take us. Okay. So they're there. What would you say? What are some of your uh, best practice or tip or strategy? Something you can share about how you help, how you help your clients create these systems and, or you mentioned automations. Um, like how do you kind of jump into that with them? Yeah. So when a lot of times when we're mapping out, there's definitely this whole process mapping of what it, what the different areas of the business are and what it is that they're doing and how they're doing it and getting into the nitty gritty with it all. But, you know, we're looking at this customer journey ultimately is really what it is. Um, from, you know, initially on that sales and marketing side of like that initial touch point all the way through to when they finish, whether it's a product or a service, when you finish what the service is, um, there's, pieces throughout that whole journey that you can look at, is this being done in the most effective and efficient way? And sometimes it's a matter of, like you mentioned, putting some automation in place there. Sometimes it's a matter of maybe using a different tech tool, but that it's still manual process for the team to do it. Um, Sometimes it's just a matter of getting it out of the business owner's off of the business owner's plate so that they're not the bottleneck with it and mm-hmm. that it continues to move <laughs> with the team members taking care of it. Um, so, you know, there's a variety of different potential um, solutions to it, but I think it's really important to know that, I mean, a business automation doesn't have to be something to be afraid of. It can be a great thing to be done in a business, um, but there still is a need for throughout that whole process, certain touch points and certain, um, you know, actual human contact, I guess. Um, in some ways, I know I think of like when with telephones, if not, not a ton of people call anymore, even, but you know, when you're making a phone call to a customer support place, the last thing I like, I just want to hit zero right away and just get to a person. Like I don't want to go through the list of a thousand things and have 10 different automated ways to get to something when like, I just want the customer support right there. Um, and so that's a frustrating thing that I've experienced, way too many times. Um, But I think just as I'm looking customer journey wise, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, here's where you need to at least have the ability for somebody to get in touch with you or your team or something like that versus just skipping over and doing automation, 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 automation. Like there still are elements of that throughout that whole customer journey. So, you know, I'm looking at those parts of it too, when we're looking at how the whole thing is set up and how to still feel like somebody's getting a customer, like an actual person customer contact, even um, even with pieces of automation that can help make it more efficient for the team. Yeah, it's really important, or I think st- st- strategic and smart to have that outside perspective because sometimes we're so close to that journey. Like we don't, we can't identify the gaps or like the holes. Like yeah. kind of think it's all there. And then someone else on the outside is going through it it can it just, you know, jumps out at you kind of like you're saying, yeah, it's so frustrating when you hit zero 
And then when they say that's not a valid like entry, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I'm so annoyed. But like, yeah, is it star like on this one or is it zero? Which one yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> so frustrating. Um, and for someone else to identify that who's not so close to it. Cause I think yeah. Yeah. being close to it, we just don't, we don't say we think it's all great. You know, everything seems really smooth. Um, and um, I love that. And I think, and I imagine then there's, you probably even set up I think I don't know systems or automation for like that feedback to close that loop, so to get the feedback loop on that, but on that experience or a survey or something that's yeah. like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the more, in all honesty, that's one of the key parts that I think a lot of people forget about with that whole customer journey is we're so focused on the, the front end of it and the fulfillment yeah. of it that we don't always remember the, the back side of it as well right. of like, what do we do after, especially if it's a project, if it's not ongoing work that you're doing for someone. Um, but even if it is ongoing work that you're doing for somebody, you know, you still want to check in. You still want to have these points where you're saying, Hey, I'd love to get some feedback from you. Is there anything I can improve upon? Is there any, any area that you feel like we need to, you know, step up our game a bit more? Um, so those things are definitely areas that I think, um, people, it just doesn't become priority for people. Right. There's, there's other areas of focus. And so it's like, unless it's automatically going out, they're not going to think about doing it yeah. <laughs> and sending it out in the business. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. So what's one thing as we sort of, as we sort of wrap this up, what's something that we could all be doing, anyone listening to this in their business to streamline it or simplify it, their systems like right, right away? What's something they should be doing? I would say one of the big things that I think um, taking action on would be, um, in all honesty, doing that time study and truly getting a good understanding of where mm. you're spending your time. Yeah. Um, because you're, the best thing you're going to do is, number one, see how you're spending your time. Number two, start looking and making a plan for how do, do I, as the CEO, as the business owner, truly need to be the one that's involved in this step? Or is this something that I can eventually get off my plate? It doesn't mean it has to be immediately, but eventually get off my plate. Mm -hmm. And you can start to really map out a process for how to get team members in place and when those like critical points are going to be that you're going to be ready for that next level of growth. Awesome. Yes. I love it. All right. That was a great doable next step, very tangible and something we can all be doing today. Today, get your timers out, ladies, and do it for a couple of days and see where you're really spending your time. That is great advice. All right, Anne, thank you for your time. Can you let us know how we can find out more about you? We can connect, get um, all of your awesomeness. Yeah. So my website's probably the easiest way to, you know, find me and there's links for, you know, connecting on social media and that sort of stuff. My website is hilltopoperations.com. And on there, there's actually um, a free hiring playbook that you can also grab if anybody has any interest in or is looking to hire someone and just wants a little bit of um, guidance on what those next steps are to really finding that right fit for your business. No, I think everyone can benefit from that. So go ahead, grab her resources. Thank you so much for being here. This was a trove of value and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right, sweet friends. Isn't she awesome? Make sure you connect. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You found a ton of value from it. Also, if you like what you're hearing, you're seriously going to love my emails. So if you're not on my list yet, be sure to sign up at lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources. You'll quickly see why so many women who are juggling it all are showing up week after week. Plus, you'll also get 
some awesome goodies from me and to learn how to get control of your time, energy, and thoughts with a personal behind the scenes look into my world. Again, come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources. Thank you for showing up today and I'll catch you next time on Productivity on Purpose. Bye for now. 